Good evening. This is Crime Classics. I am Thomas Highland with another true story of crime. Listen. The sound you hear is that of a grave being dug on a hillside in a lonely section of England in the 17th century. And that was English thunder of the era. And that, a soft English drizzle. Water, earth, sky, elementals. Surrounding, James Alsop. Money clipper, highwayman, father-in-law, grave digger. It'll take him about another hour to finish, and about another hour to give it a corpse. For in that time, James Alsop will add murder to his other attributes. And tonight, my report to you on the Alsop family, how it diminished and grew again. Crime Classics, a new series of true crime stories from the records and newspapers of every land from every time. Your host each week, Mr. Thomas Highland, connoisseur of crime, student of violence, and teller of murders. Now once again, Mr. Thomas Highland. William. Aye. Uh, take a fresh horse. After, we'll clip the coins and you will go down to London. Aye. What uh, ails you, father? There's no humor in you anymore. You worry about Christopher? He's not happy with his wife. <laughs> As I said it. He says she's a shrew. And what woman is not? That she's curious. That's the woman Alice is. That she needs to know what we do, you and I. So she would gossip about it. But we are women and money clippers. She would gossip and the law would hear of it and we would jig from a gallows. It grieves me. It would be a, a terrible thing. Hello, father-in-law, brother-in-law. I had never been here before, in a workshop before. I thought to clean it, to dust a bit. What are these clippers for? Get out of here. Get out of here before I kill you. She will gossip, Father. Aye. And the law will hear of it. Aye. The gallows. And death. Not for us. To work, William. And they clipped a pile of sovereigns. And William took the clippings to London town. And the rest of the night, James Alsop sat with his thoughts... In the false dawn, he came to a conclusion. His daughter-in-law had to go for good.
1670s. It was a mess. First of all, the English didn't like the Dutch, and the Dutch felt the same about the English, and they were constantly sending each other's frigates to the bottom. The King of England was Charles II, famed for being a member of the Stuart family, for marrying with Catherine Berganza, and for peeling the oranges of one Nell Gwynn. It was, as I have indicated, a yeasty time, foment everywhere. Colonists were going off in every which direction, to America, to India, and to the Caribbees. It was the decade, too, of the great Feathergill hoax, and it was the decade of plague and fire. Let's look again at a corner of it. The year, 1673. And the place, the village of Ham, and a woman named Ursula walking through a meadow at dusk. said you should do? I am not sure. Therefore... Therefore what? I am willing to take but half the amount of money which you promised me. I promise you a fee, assassin, for the killing of Ursula. I hired your sword for a death. No half payments for work not completed. With no fault of mine. I stuck her with my sword, but she moved quickly away. Then I saw some people who were coming attracted by her cry. And my son, William, who sent you to me from London, said you with a finest of assassins. Another day and I'll try again. Go back to London. My pay. I... <laughs> that be your pay. You knock about the head. What you deserve. i get you back to London. Villagers who saw the attack said a rider in a cloak and mask chased her about the meadow with a sword. For what reason? For what reason I cannot conceive? Ooh, a mystery. Who would want to do murder on such a fine woman? Uh, yesterday you called her a witch. Aye, uh, even worse. But I did not mean it. Mm. As I said, what has happened? A mystery. Who would want to kill her? Oh, your wife is a provoking woman. She walks alone in the meadow with dust. Oh, if she ever recovers, I will tell her to do so no more. Mm. While I'm gone for the surgeon in Yorkshire, you'll take care of my wife, Father. Aye, that I will. I'll watch over your wife. Yorkshire. And what with William in London selling coin clippings, James Alsop was left in his house with Ursula, his daughter-in-law. September 9th, and a gathering storm, and this 
What? What? Ursula. Thirsty. As a body is wont to get when it has been stabbed. What? And the man who could slake her thirst moves. But not toward Ursula. Toward the tool shed for a shovel. Then toward the hill. You know why. That's right. To dig a grave. And while he was digging, you remember it started to rain. And James Allsop lifted his mouth to it because the body is wont to get thirsty when it is digging a grave. But Allsop finished his task, took Shovel back to Tool House, and did what quite a few grave diggers do, even to this day. said it. He says she is a shrew. And what woman is not? 
That she's curious. As the woman Alice is. That she needs to know what we do. You and I. So she would gossip about it. But we are oil women. And money clippers. She would gossip and the law would hear of it. And we would jig from a gallows. It grieves me. It would be a... A terrible thing. Hello, father-in-law. Brother-in-law. I had never been here before. In a workshop before. I thought to clean it. To dust a bit. What are these clippers for? Get out of here. Get out of here before I kill you. She will gossip, Father. Aye. And the law will hear of it. Aye. The gallows. And death. Not for us. To work, William. Sovereigns, and William took the clippings to London town. And the rest of the night, James Alsop sat with his thoughts. In the false dawn, he came to a conclusion. His daughter-in-law had to go for good. It was a mess. First of all, the English didn't like the Dutch, and the Dutch felt the same about the English, and they were constantly sending each other's frigates to the bottom. The King of England was Charles II, famed for being a member of the Stuart family, for marrying with Catherine Berganza, and for peeling the oranges of one Nell Gwynne. It was, as I have indicated, a yeasty time, foment everywhere. Colonists were going off in every which direction, to America, to India, and to the Caribbees. It was the decade, too, of the great Feathergill hoax, and it was the decade of plague and fire. Let's look again at a corner of it. The year, 1673. And the place, the village of Ham, and a woman named Ursula walking through a meadow at dusk. said you should be. And did you kill her as I said you should do? I am not sure. 
Therefore? Therefore what? I am willing to take but half the amount of money which you promised me. I promised you a fee, assassin, for the killing of Ursula. I hired your sword for a death. No half payments for work not completed. Well, no fault of mine. I stuck her with my sword, but she moved quickly away. Then I saw some people who were coming attracted by her cry. And my son, William, who sent you to me from London, said you were the finest of assassins. Another day, and I'll try again. Go back to London. My pay. I... <laughs> that be your pay, a knock about the head. What you deserve. Get you back to London. What do you think, Father? That your wife is a fortunate one. That the wounds are not great. The villagers who saw the attacks said a rider in a cloak and mask chased her about the meadow with a sword. For what reason? For what reason I cannot conceive? Ooh. A mystery. Who would want to do murder on such a fine woman? Huh? Yesterday you called her a witch. Aye, uh, even worse. But I did not mean it. Yeah. As I said, what has happened? A mystery. Who would want to kill her? Oh, your wife is a provoking woman. She walks alone in the meadow at dusk. Uh, if she ever recovers, I will tell her to do so no more. Yeah. While I'm gone for the surgeon in Yorkshire... You will take care of my wife, Father. Aye, that I will. I'll watch over your wife. And young Christopher rode off to Yorkshire. And what with William in London selling coin clippings, James Alsop was left in his house with Ursula, his daughter-in-law. September night, and the gathering storm, and this... What? What? Ursula, thirsty, as a body is wont to get when it has been stabbed. What? And the man who could slake her thirst moves, but not toward Ursula. Toward the tool shed for a shovel, then toward the hill. You know why. That's right, to dig a grave. And while he was digging, you remember it started to rain. And James Alsop lifted his mouth to it because the body is wont to get thirsty when it is digging a grave. But Alsop finished his task, took Shovel back to Tool House, and did what quite a few grave diggers do, even to this day. Marky, another. Good evening, Judy. Buy a hollyhock. Oh, buy one. <laughs> Yours a father, and you keep your hock. Wear it yourself. And you may pin it on me if you like. <laughs> Hawks become you. I have only two more to sell, but I have nothing to do, and no one to sing my song to. Oh. 
But tonight I'm busy, Judy. How could you be busy with in such a storm? To help my daughter-in-law on a journey. A journey to where? To her cousin in Scotland. Oh, if I had a drink, Mr. Olsop, I would drink to a safe return. Ah, Barky. Three drinks. One for me, one for the lady, and for yourself, Barky. Yeah. Well, now we will drink to the safe journey and the safe return of my daughter-in-law, Ursula, who goes to visit her cousin in Scotland and who probably will not return for a year or so. shattered by thunder, and the earth, a sea of mud. It was perhaps 300 yards to the hillside, and when James Alsop got there, the grave he had dug was gone, washed away. So, what we've got now is the same pastoral scene, in reverse, cutthroat carrying victim through big storm, back to scene of crime. Cutthroat in a quandary? Now what? Proving that things gang after glee. Yeah. I told everyone you were going for a visit. The question. What shall I do with you? Seeking the answer. The answer? Not quite. I... This time the answer... Change everybody into warm, dry clothes. <laughs> and having done this, the stroke of genius. Remove the glass from a window frame into the room, hide it, and set up a cry. Murder! Murder most foul! Help! Thieves of common made murder! At 
constable. And killed your poor daughter-in-law. Yesterday, a man tried to do it while she walked the meadow. I've heard. And now you succeeded. I you to cry for Ursula. I came quick to her, but only in time to see her attacker flee. Flee? How? Through the window, sir. Which window? That one. That one? With no glass in it? Of course, that one. And you're sure of it? Aye. Hmm. Come here. Aye. If the thief and murderer escaped through this window, how did he get through the cobweb which covers the opening? Sir? Stretched across the window frame is a cobweb, as you see. From side to side, so... From top to bottom, so. Sir. Then how did this thief of yours get through it? Sir. You're under arrest, James Orsop. Arrest? For the murder of your daughter-in-law. Charlie? The chains. Colchester Jail. His sons William and Christopher were not to be located. Justice was swift and sure. James Alsop was sentenced and led to the gallows. And as he mounted them, a thing happened. Wait! Wait! In the name of the king! Do not hang that man. A messenger with good news, especially if your name was James Alsop of Ham in the year 1673, and the hangman had just indicated that you stick your neck in a noose. New evidence from London. Mark Gavin. The man who calls himself Topham says he can prove that James Alsop is no murderer. He saw a thief leave the place of murder through the door. Ah, that's the way it was. I forgot. Bring down the accused from the gibbet. Mr. Topham from London turned out to be none other than the missing William Alsop, son of James. He could have stayed in London, safe and alive, so he must have loved his father dearly to have taken such a chance. But the only way he changed history was this. Christopher? Well, he had heard what happened to his wife, so asked himself, why return to Ham? He stayed in Yorkshire, where he met the widow Patricia. She was comely, and the next April they were wed. She made puddings and was an uncurious woman. They lived long and happily, and gave to the world eight Alsops.
The Allsop Family, tonight's crime classic, was adapted from the original court reports and newspaper accounts by Morton Fine and David Friedkin. The music was composed and conducted by Bernard Herman, and the program is produced and directed by Elliot Lewis. In tonight's story, Ben Wright was heard as James. Thomas Highland is portrayed on radio by Lou Merrill. Featured in the cast were Herb Butterfield, Ellen Morgan, Betty Harford, Terry Kilburn, Richard Peel, and Raymond Lawrence. Roy Rowan speaking. Field, Ellen Morgan, Betty Harford, Terry Kilburn, Richard Peel, and Raymond Lawrence. Roy Rowan speaking. This is the United States Armed Forces Radio and Television Service.